Welcome everybody to our weekly Torah podcast. This week's Torah portion is Parshas Bayelech. It's the shortest Parsha in the Torah. It's usually also read around Rosh Hashanah time. I'd like to wish everybody happy, healthy year and Gemar Chasimatova. This podcast is dedicated in memory of Herschel Ben David, Mr. Harold Pasternak, father of a good friend, Michael Pasternak. Moshe Rabbeinu, in this week's Torah portion, tells the Jewish people the last mitzvah of the 613 mitzvahs. The last mitzvah is the mitzvah of writing a Sefer Torah. I want you to write for yourselves this song. Teach it to the Jewish people. And place it in their mouths. The mitzvah is for every person to write a Sefer Torah. Now that might, be seem, kind of, might seem kind of difficult, Sefer Torah these days costs anywhere between twenty-five and $100,000. Most people don't have that kind of money to go fulfill a mitzvah. And indeed, many of the commentaries tell us that this mitzvah no longer has the same application because at one time, when the Torah Shabbat Peh, the oral law, was all oral, they needed the Torah, the Torah scroll, to be able to use, to be able to learn, to be able to study from it. Today that we have the printing presses and Torahs and Al Torah, both the written Torah and the oral Torah, are both transcribed, it's much, it's, it's much easier to study Torah. You don't need the scrolls anymore. As a matter of fact, nobody studies Torah from a scroll. The Rush indeed tells us that the mitzvah is to buy svarim, to print svarim, to write svarim, to write even our own notes, write our own novel interpretations of Torah. And just through buying Torah books, that is the fulfillment of this mitzvah of writing a Sefer Torah. Indeed, I've often said it's interesting how you can tell sometimes a Torah home. You walk into the Torah home and you see oftentimes in the living room the bookcase. In most places, the bookcase is in the library. In a Torah home, oftentimes the bookcase is right in the living room because that's where the Torahs, the books of Torah, are prominently held in the, in the room where everybody can see them. It's interesting to note, though, that this mitzvah, when it tells a Torah, it refers to just not to write the Torah. It says, write this song. It's the only place in the Torah where the Torah is referred to as a song. It requires a little bit of explanation. Why is it called a song, first of all? And second of all, why is it called a song specifically regarding this mitzvah, the mitzvah of writing and teaching the Torah? We take, the Gemara actually tells us that David Melech once referred to Torah as a song. Zmiros ha your words were like a chok, your chok, your chukim, your statues were like a zmiros, were like a song to me. And he was taking the test for that because it takes away from the seriousness of Torah. The song implies something merely for one's enjoyment and pleasure. And Torah is serious. Torah is a, is a book of law also. So it's underst- you have to understand why is it that Moshe refers to the Torah as a shira, as a song. Dajan Rabbi in Sefer Ber Moshe suggests an interesting idea regarding the Pusik that, that's that says, Actually, a little bit after this in the same parsha, Moshe foretells what will happen to the Jewish people during the course of exile when they sin. That Hashem says, "Hanochi hastir aster pone bayomahu, I will hide my countenance on that day from you." I mean to say that in exile we will no longer be privy to be able to see Hashem's glory in its full beauty. Hashem will hide His face, so to say will see difficulties, see different situations, they'll be have a hard time understanding how they can come from a kind and compassionate God. The Torah may be alluding to the midst of studying Torah and the midst of teaching Torah, for that matter, also, under all circumstances, 
even during times of challenge and suffering, when the divine presence is hidden. That's why it says, And now I want you to write this Torah. Even in the situation of now, whenever that might be, whether we see Hashem's glory, whether Hashem's glory is hidden from us, in all circumstances, the person has to write, has to teach and study Torah. Indeed, the Rambam begins the laws of Talmud Torah, the laws of Torah study, by saying that every individual, every man is obligated to study Torah under all circumstances, whether he's young, whether he's old, whether he's healthy, whether he's sickly, whether he's poor, whether he's rich. In all situations, a person has to be able to study Torah. And the, source, the source of the Rambam is because it says, Vogisa bayomam volayli, you shall delve into it by day and by night. The Azra Rabbi explains that day is referenced when there's clarity, when, Hashem is, when Hashem's glory can be seen. And it brings out a sense of love and desire to come close to connect to Hashem. Night, on the other hand, is an allegory for obscurity, for difficulty, when Hashem's presence cannot be seen. And the Torah is telling us that whatever situation comes up, no matter what, what you were delivered, we have an obligation to study Torah in, that, in those times, whether situations are, are bright and cheerful as day or they're as dark and gloomy as night. This is part of the Idristia, understanding of why Torah can be called a shira, a song, also. A song is a series of notes. Shira actually comes out of the word like Ashura, it's like a, a line. It comes as it's a it's a group of notes in a line, one line, one one note following another note. Now if a person repeats the same note over and over and over again, there would hardly be anything musical about that. There would be no beauty to that at all. What makes a song, what makes a piece of music beautiful is a blending together of different notes, the high notes, the low notes, the note being played very with that very slowly or perhaps perhaps at a faster pace, a faster beat. All these different notes combine together to create the beauty of a piece of music, the beauty of a song. And that's the same thing with Torah also. Torah is also not just one thing, it's not just one repeated mitzvah over and over and over again. It's a combination of everything. It's Torah is meant to be able to follow us throughout life. In all circumstances, Torah is there to lead us in difficulties and is there to lead us in time of joy, in time of sadness, in time of fear. There's always, Torah is always fits into our being for every single moment of life. This fits in well with a beautiful idea I heard it expressed in the name of Eliel Mayor Bloch, the late Rosh Yeshiva that tells Yeshiva in Cleveland. We find in the last psalm in, in Tilim, it's said every day in our prayers, Hallelujah. David and Melech urges us to praise, to sing praises of Hashem. And he says, Hallelujah, 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 Praise God in His sanctuary, praise Him in His heavenly power. Halu Bigvurosav, Halu Krov Gudlo. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him with his abundant greatness. And then he goes and lists a group of musical instruments. Halu Beseka Shofar, Halu Beneva Vachinor. Praise Hashem with his, the blast of the shofar. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Halu Besofa Machal, Halu Ugov. Praise him with the drum and dance, praise him with the organ and the flute. 
Halu betzutzle shama. Halu betzutzle sua. Praise him with the clanging cymbals. Praise him with the resonant trumpets. Call on the shama talel ka haluluka. Let all souls praise God. Haluluka. It's interesting how he enumerates all the different musical instruments. What's the significance of that? What's the difference between praising God with the cymbals or with the trumpets or with the harp? Sibylla Mayer Bloch explained that every musical instrument evokes a different type of an emotion within a person. We can see that quite clearly in a movie, for example. Sometimes at a frightening part of the movie, there'll be accompanying music. will be, let's say, for example, the sound of a drum roll. And it evokes a certain sense of fear within a person. Or in a very sad scene, you might hear the background music of a violin. And it's, it literally can bring tears to our eyes. Sometimes at a moment of excitement and joy, the sound of the trumpets, or the sound of other types of musical sound, the clanging of cymbals. Each type of instrument represents a different type of an emotion, and it can evoke different types of emotions, and it really works. It's fascinating, the power of music. That's one of the reasons why they played music in the base of Migdash, the company, the service. Music itself has a tremendous power. Many times music is called an international language, because sometimes it's a way of being able to express ourselves in a way that language can't. Even if, let's say, you may not understand my words, but the music I can sometimes convey a feeling, convey a message, an understanding that may goes far beyond and far deeper than any words can go. Therefore, David and Melech is telling us in this psalm that we have to praise Hashem with all the musical instruments, with all our emotions, in all situations. We have to learn to be able to praise the Almighty in a moment of excitement and joy, and to praise the Almighty in a moment of sadness, to praise the Almighty in a moment of free, fear, to praise Him in a moment of in a, a moment of excitement. All situations call for the capability of being able to praise Hashem, because ultimately we know everything is everything the Almighty does is for the good. There's a reason, there's a rationale behind it, even if we don't necessarily appreciate it right now. But we know that Hashem has our our good. In, in mind. And therefore, as such, it's important for us to be able to praise Hashem for all circumstances, for all situations. We spoke about that before. The Talmud tells us that a person has to learn to be able to praise Hashem and thank Hashem for the difficult things as much as he thanks Hashem for the positive things in life. Now, this same idea can also be spoken about the idea of a song, not only regarding musical instruments. The song is an outpouring of emotion for a person's heart. From when a person feels an intensity, we'll find a person sometimes in a joyous mood begins to hum or begins to sing to himself. The idea of there is there's an outpouring of emotion that expresses itself in song. And regardless of what that emotion, it can be joy, the emotion could be a feeling of joy, it could be a feeling of sadness, it could be a feeling of fear. All different types of emotions can sometimes evoke a different type of a different type of a song, of so to say. All of these emotions can be a channel to express our praises of Hashem. And that's where Torah refers to the Torah over here, the Mitzvah study Torah, under all circumstances, as a song. Torah is a song of a Jew's life, as we said before. The Torah accompanies a person through every single situation. It gives them the energy. It gives them the consolation. It gives them the inspiration. And it gives them cause for joy. It keeps a Jew connected to a God at all times. And for that reason, it has to be studied at all times. Torah, is, Torah follows us throughout exile. Wherever the Jew goes, Torah is with him. 
even when the, that's one of the reasons that Rabbis explained the Torah was given in Mount Sinai outside of Israel rather than inside of Israel. Because had the Torah been given in Israel, we would have thought perhaps the Torah's place is in Eretz Yisrael. But that's not so. Torah is deliberately given to the Jewish people in the desert outside the land of Israel because no matter where the Jew goes, Torah is supposed to accompany him. We find a couple weeks ago the Torah portion that tells us regarding the king, that king had a special mitzvah to write a special safer Torah to keep on his person at all times. You should read it at all times. The Torah is there to serve as a guide for the king. But indeed, the Torah, every single person has an obligation to write a Torah. Because every person needs an obligation to keep the Torah as a guide no matter where it goes, in all situations, in all circumstances. And so for that reason, the Torah tells us specifically regarding the mitzvah of teaching Torah and writing the Torah, it calls it a song. Because in the same manner, the same way that the song expresses itself for all different situations, all different moods, and all different circumstances, that's the way a person has to study Torah and teach Torah also. To understand and appreciate the value of Torah study, to appreciate the value of what the Torah offers as guidance to us in all circumstances. We should all be able to appreciate and value Torah for all circumstances. Have a great week, everybody. I hope to be together again next week. Ever think about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today.